Welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Eric Von Dunn, joined with my co-hosts, Addison Elko and Chad Patterson. What's good? <laughs> What, now you don't like that? <laughs> I, I love it, Chad. Honestly, that's that's what we need at, at 10 o'clock at night. I need like a you know like a catchphrase coming in, I think, right? I don't know if that's the one, though. We'll work on it. We have plenty of episodes to get this down, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely improve. <laughs> all right, we can all promise right. you it's that. It's a work in progress. What can I say, you know? So besides Chad's, besides Chad's catchphrases, today we have an action-packed show, so we'll dive right into it. But first, let's give you a little bit of an agenda so you know what's going on. Over the next 45 minutes, we're going to go over some NFL news and notes. Some recent trades and some more of the popular trades that we've had in our league over the past month. We're going to focus on two team profiles. Uh, this week it's going to be Footstep Falco, Mike Rogers, and our very own The Mad Chatter, Chad Patterson. Let's get no, no, no. Uh, it didn't work now. that time either. It really didn't. <laughs> okay, all right. You'll get it though. I have, Maybe I have third faith. time's a charm. Then eh. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go into a new segment that we like to call Conversations with Kamish. We have a special host, actually international host, first first international host we've ever had on the show. It's pretty cool, guys. Do you agree? Yeah, we're reaching all continents with this podcast. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's coming for your uh, for your job here. I don't know about that one, but Greg Muller is uh, going to be with us on the podcast. Go over some combine news. Combine expert. Then we'll go over some power rankings. We've actually chosen uh, the first four teams, starting from fourteen through eleven. And uh, we'll finish up with Sleepers of the Week. This year, or this week, it's actually going to be free agents. So how our league works, we cut the free agents at the end of our bench. Uh, so we're going to be focusing on sleepers within that free agent pool that's draft eligible. Uh, so let's dive right in with some NFL news and notes. What do you say, guys? Let's do it. Uh, so the first guy we wanted to touch upon is Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks, from a fantasy standpoint, is a great, great talent. He's still very young. Uh, still, honestly, a top 20 startup pick uh, for the most part in a high-powered Saints offense. A good PPR receiver, tiny, uh, great speed, can get open. So there's a lot, a lot of pluses to Brandon Cooks. And I know my, I, for one, have had him about three times on my team as well. <laughs> and a Brandon Cooks truther. I absolutely love Brandon Cooks. It's a recurring theme with this podcast is multiple players have been on your team multiple times. Yeah. You're a bastard because I can't get him for the life of me now. But mm. you've had him on your team three times. That's your fault. Maybe offer Is more? it though? Might be. Okay. All right. Um. So Brandon Cooks has been linked to a lot of trade rumors recently, which absolutely will impact fantasy. He's currently working with Drew Brees. Although Drew Brees is aging, he's still one of the best quarterbacks out there. Still one of the best quarterbacks, in my opinion, that I've seen play football. Um. One of the major names that he's been linked to are Philadelphia and Tennessee, two teams on the rise, um, two young up and coming quarterbacks. Addison, I'm going to direct this question to you. Where would you rather Brandon Cooks go? Um, what do you think he'll have the, the highest impact for fantasy and kind of the best outlook overall? Um, it seems like the Eagles are targeting pretty much every wide receiver that's out there. I don't know. I guess he would I mean, he would go to either team and be the true number one. Um, last year, Rashard Matthews pretty much dominated the Titans receiving fantasy-wise because he had double-digit touchdowns, I'm pretty sure. Um, so do I think Cooks can go in there and produce the same? Maybe. I just think they have more of a running game than the Eagles do. So I think from a fantasy standpoint, he'd probably be better on the Eagles. I think it'd be close, but both would be a digression from the Saints, I would think. Chad, same question. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I kind of have to agree here. Um, I, I don't want him to leave New Orleans for just the simple fact that they're such a high-powered offense. That that's where I think he thrives the most. Granted, he has competition with Michael Thomas and Snead and and that receiving court, but his value is still through the roof in New Orleans. I think if I had to choose between Tennessee and Philadelphia, I would choose Tennessee because I like Mariota's arm better than I like Carson Wentz's. I'm not that high on Carson Wentz. Fair. Um, and. For, from a fantasy aspect, it'd be interesting to see Rob's team if he goes to uh, Tennessee because Rob's also has Rob also has Rashard Matthews, so oh, yeah. he has the one-two punch there in Tennessee. I know he's trying to trade Matthews, and he has Demarco Murray, and Demarco Murray. So he has a lot of the Tennessee offense. So if there's ever a week where Tennessee could shut out, he could be in be in some trouble there. I was like Kojak with the Jets this year. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, so you touched upon the free agents that we do at the end of the year. I cut Willie Sneed, obviously not anticipating that the number one receiver could possibly be traded. 
So for me, that'd be a little salt in the wounds that it was someone I didn't really want to let go. It was more of a team necessity. I tried to get rid of him for anything, really. And he could be the de facto number one next to Thomas. People think Thomas might downgrade this year. But he's gonna his stats will go up, and they were already close to 1,000 yards back-to-back years. So, yeah, absolutely. Could see his uh, his value rise in our, in our draft if yeah. Cooks were to go. Absolutely. Uh, as for my opinion, I, I, I love Brandon Cooks, the idea of him going to Tennessee. I think that's a, a perfect match for him. Uh, give Marcus Mariota um, that tiny, very skillful wide receiver, just because I also think that Tennessee addresses a receiver in the draft. So if they can get that typical uh, wide receiver one build with someone like Mike Williams, put Brandon Cooks on the other side, have him move around, kind of get creative with that offense, maybe even in the slot, I think that's going to be a, a fantastic offense, especially with the run game to take some pressure off the pass. Not to mention Marcus Mariota is a, a running threat as well, but I really love him in Tennessee, and I, I think his value can only go up uh, with a team like that. Either of the three teams, he's a top wide receiver to have. I didn't even realize I just looked at him now. He's only 23. Yeah, yeah so, he's I mean, super young. Super young. For a dynasty perspective, which we are, then, yeah, he's a top grab no matter what team he goes for. I agree. Uh, so let's shift focus from young up-and-coming star to aging veteran who has a, has had a productive, fantastic NFL career. He just happens to be on his way out. And that's Brandon Marshall. Uh, Brandon Marshall was recently caught from the Jets, uh, and he's currently looking for a new home. Where where would your ideal landing spot for Marshall be? And actually, let's, let's even phrase this. At, at this point right now, Without knowing where he goes, what are you willing to give for him in fantasy? Um, That's well, a tough question. Yeah, as far as the landing spot, I've only seen him being rumored to the, well, now I'm seeing three, Ravens, Giants, and Pats. Um, I don't know, I guess Ravens, because, you know, they still want to surround Flacco with some talent with Steve Smith retiring. Giants, I think he wants to stay there just because of his family situation. He doesn't want to move his family, and then who doesn't want to go play for the Patriots? So... If I had Brandon Marshall, I'd probably want to go to the Patriots. I mean, there's more competition than the Giants with ODB and uh, Shepard. Ravens, I, I would just trust Brady over Flacco just for consistent fantasy production. What would I trade for him? Um, if Assuming I had all my picks. A late, maybe late third, early fourth. I don't think I'm giving up a second for him. He is 32. Um... So probably around in that range would be where I would trade for him. Jeff? Late second, you said? I said like late third, maybe. Late, late, third. late, late third, yeah. Um, I think I'm around there, too. It's tough because he is very... He's, he's aging, and he's kind of... Like, he's been a consistent producer, like, the, his whole tenure in the NFL. Um, and that was on the Jets. So, I think if he goes to, like, a Patriots, I mean, selfishly, I would not want him to go there, seeing as I have Edelman and Malcolm Mitchell on my team. <laughs> um, but I could just, for some reason in my head, I can see him in a Patriots uniform. Doing uh, well. Yeah, doing well, too. Because um, you could attribute some of his decline last year to just their future quarterback play. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm looking the year before, he had 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns, which is, like, a career year, yeah, but... He still had almost 800 yards last year with, you know, Bryce Petty and uh, I don't even know who else was quarterbacking last year. Christian Hackenberg. Did Christian Hackenberg even get any snaps? I don't know if he, I don't I don't think think he did. I don't think he did. Yeah. No, but... But also, it, he could be really good in Baltimore, too. I mean, Baltimore throws the ball, I think, more than any team in the NFL. So, Would it, you want that as a Dixon owner? I mean, I don't think they're going to run anyway. Um, we'll see with the OC. But as a Dixon owner... I don't really, I don't really care either way. I think I'm kind of indifferent there. I agree. And I, I love, I love Marshall at either spot from a fantasy perspective. I, honestly, not as much for production, but as much for developing younger players, especially after Rashad Perriman. I, I think they're they're both a similar build. I think Marshall could be a great veteran presence to come in, kind of help Perriman out, give him a little bit of tutelage. Um, not to mention Mike Wallace as well. So we have that deep threat. Yeah, Brandon Marshall is kind of your do-it-all receiver to help Perriman out, and especially Flacco loves to air out the ball. Then that could be a good good match in Baltimore, and then I mean Tom Brady's the goat. He could and what would you anyway. trade for him? Uh, I would probably give a third, uh, early third at this point for Marshall prior to a situation, and then depending on the situation, maybe a little bit more, maybe a late second. Uh, that's that's probably where I top out there for Marshall. Well, the thing with him though, he's a win now guy. So absolutely will. I don't, I don't know if I would give more than like a mid third. 
Yeah, but no matter to your you point, go. if you're a team that can win, what's a second round pick to possibly win it all? Sure. So yeah, you can go both ways. You might overpay for just a someone you know you can throw in your flex spot week to week and get you product like consistent points if you have a void in that area. Yeah, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Now add your boy, my boy Tony Romo. Where where is he going at? <laughs> Honestly, they more has come out today that they're like they might still keep him, which would drive me as a fan crazy. I mean, I love him and I hope he goes to somewhere and flourishes. But for fantasy, um, I mean, he'll probably go to. I think he goes to Houston. I just think it makes either play indoors. He gets to stay in the same state. Doesn't really have to move his family that far. I think Houston and Dallas is like three hours from just so speaking from practicality as a father. For uh, I just think he goes to Houston. He's got the good defense. He's got a number one elite wide receiver. They have a decent running game. So I just think it makes sense. And it's a bad division too compared to other divisions he can go to. So if I had to guess, it'd be Houston if they actually want him. I, I love that. That makes about Houston. It just under over three games before he gets hurt. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's always a question mark with him. Um, I mean, I owned him. For I originally drafted, it was in my original fantasy draft. Uh, I feel around it, picked him in, but I had to sadly cut him last year because he just gets hurt too often. Um, but that being said, I, I think he fits well in Denver. Um, it, to me, he just strikes me as a guy Elway would love because he, not not that he's Peyton Manning, but he reminds me somewhat of Peyton Manning mm-hmm. um, in a sense where he's a very good pocket passer. Um, and that would certainly, I mean, in that thin Denver air, drive his, uh, <laughs> drive his value up. I would be curious to see if he got, if a team that needed a quarterback, if he got drafted, maybe a, like a, like a fifth round or so. Um, I personally wouldn't, but I'd be curious to see if, if anyone else in the league would draft him. I look to him. I know there's a couple other free agents like Flacco out there we spoke about earlier who finished, I think, top 10 this year, but... As a worrisome Bortles owner, he is definitely someone I can, Romo being that, uh, someone on my radar for the draft later. So, do you, so you do think he gets drafted in our rookie draft? Yeah. Okay. Fifth or sixth round? I mean, I, if I can get a fifth or sixth round pick, I would probably take him. Okay. Okay. So that's going to do it for NFL news and notes for this week's session. So we're going to shift focus to our league in general, just talking about some trades. Um, recently there was only two trades on top of our, our major three-way trade for 100. So we've had 101 and 102, both include myself. So still have not <laughs> taken my advice to stop trading, but you know what, when you, when you're on a roll, you're on a roll. Sometimes, sometimes you want to just keep trying to improve your team. You're on a heater. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm firing up. Uh, so the first trade was actually between myself and Josh. Uh, very, very simple. No players involved, just picks. So just trying to move up. Uh, Josh gave me pick 21, I gave up pick 33, and a 2018 second, so just using future picks to invest in this year's draft, you have a deep class, was really my thought there. Um, And then the second trade was actually, I give pick 21 uh, to our friend Chad over here, for pick 18, um, and I also gave up 68 and a 2018 fourth, so just giving some more future capital to invest in this year's draft. Honestly, not anyone specific in mind that I'm targeting. really just wanted to put myself in the best position uh, to have the most value on draft day. What do you guys think? Think of the moves? Decent? Yes? No? They're, they're just moves. Yeah, they're, they're, they're you moving up in the draft, which I respect. Um, for me, uh, I took 21 from you for 18. I mean, I moved down three spots. Not a huge deal. I also don't know who I'm targeting there. I have an idea, but I'm not you know, entirely sure. It's going to depend on where they get drafted. But to move down three spots and also gain two picks, one next year and one just in the fifth this year, um, I think it was a good move for me and, and you. So I think it needed to move. I agree. Nothing really to go deep into these two. Just picks for picks. If you have a target, good. And if you don't, then move back and acquire some other picks. Picks for picks, baby. Love it. <laughs> Makes the world go round. Uh, the next trade we're going to talk about was uh, groundbreaking at the time. One of the biggest ones we've had in a while uh, between Chad and Mike Rogers. Chad, do you want to take this one? You want to read it off as uh, sure. you were you were the big beneficiary of this sure. one? This one, uh, I remember uh, I was at work when I made this one. Um, work trades are the best, aren't they? They are the best. And Break I didn't deck. get any work done <laughs> because I was on such a trade high after it was done. But basically what happened was I gave the reigning champ... Pick 5, pick 18, 
pick 30, and a 2018 third. I know it sounds like a lot, but I received Julian Edelman, Jarvis Landry, and pick 14. Um, <clears throat> last year, um, as I'm sure all of you know, I came in last. My team was putrid. It was not good at all. I think this move, like I, I gained a wide receiver one, wide receiver two with this move. Um, these two guys are going to instantly start for me. And I also gained a first. So that's the way I looked at it. Um, yeah, Julian Edelman has a little tread on his tires, but I think he has at least two years left there. Um, hence why I don't want Brandon Marshall to go to the Patriots, but that's just me. And, you know, I can get another good player at 14. So um, I actually think I flipped 14 and now I have 13. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy with it. When we took it to a poll, the Dynasty community seemed to like it for me as well. Um, but, yeah, I think it, I think it's certainly how my team going forward. Eric? I, I love the trade for you. Um, you got immediate production, and not just production, but strong, strong production. Like you said, a wide receiver. Borderline two wide receiver ones in, in PPR. They yeah. both get an incredible, incredible amount of targets in, in their respective situations. So I absolutely love the trade. Not to mention, you could pick the successor to Edelman if you wanted at 14. There's still going to be some talent there. Well, I also think that I have the successor to Edelman. You do? With, you, do? you absolutely do. And especially if Brandon Marshall goes there, tutors him a little bit. Yeah. Uh-oh. Watch out. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I absolutely love the move for you, um, especially like you said, you want to avoid coming in last place. I don't think you're gonna make that. I don't think that's gonna happen to you again. I think you, you've got the hunger, the desire. I can see in your eyes right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to finish last again. Like that sucks, and I haven't re- even really experienced how much it sucks because I haven't done the punishment yet. But um, yeah, you know, slowly moving up there. I think. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, you got. As far as last year's stats go, you got two top 25 wide receivers. Um, I agree. I don't think Edelman's going to continue the production that he's doing. He is in his 30s. I don't know exactly what he is. I mean, I like Landry a lot. Um, he doesn't get a lot of touchdowns, but he's going to get you the receiving yards and receptions. It's only 24. There's questions about Tannehill there and, you know, is he the, the franchise quarterback you want? But I, I think he's another just a, a kind of a talent where – I don't, I don't really care who's playing quarterback. I think he's still going to put up good numbers. And he doesn't have an overwhelming competition. I mean, you had his, you know, the fantasy darling on the other side of him this year with Stills. But um, I guess 5 and 8, I, I don't know. It seems like a lot. But he still got 14. So I think it's pretty even. I, I can see why Rodgers did it, and I can see why you did it too. Yeah. Rodgers also has had his target for uh, quite some time, which he recently announced as uh, as Joe Mixon. If he yeah. gets there. If if he gets there. I mean, granted, this is all all very loose talk with the the draft not even happening in real life yet. But well, not to mention Rodgers also has a lot of depth. Yeah. Too. Yeah, he's a lot of depth. He's still got eighteen and thirty, and in this type of class, what is that? That's two oh four and three oh two. Yes. So those are pretty early picks in the you know the next two rounds. So. He pretty much got early picks in every round to, you know, even build on his depth even further. So, But who knows? Like, those picks might not even hit. Like, no, no, like I agree. For, for example, last year with pick two, I took Laquan Treadwell, and he, so far, is a colossal bust. No offense. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. He's 20 years old. Um, so that's actually a perfect segue into our, our next item, was the team profiles for the week. Uh, the first team that we might as well go over is Footstep Falco, our reigning champion, Mike Rogers. Um, so now keep in mind that this this roster is post-cuts and post-off-season trade with Chad. So the roster is a little bit different than when he did win his championship. But as it stands right now, quarterback, Dak Prescott, the young up-and-comer. Love Dak. Uh, wide receiver, he's got Michael Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald. T.Y. Hilton and Will Fuller. Uh, backup quarterback, as I forgot to mention, Philip Rivers. Running back, as we've said on our first episode, it doesn't get better than Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. No. It's a pretty dominant force at running back. And to close that out, he has Matt Forte and C.J. Proceis. Now, tight end, he actually has Jason Witten, so old reliable. I did, I did not know he had him for... Did he have him the whole season starting I, for him? He couldn't have. He did. He did. I mean, I know he had a little bit of a, a comeback with Dak, but 
Like, Amshati won the league with Jason Witten as his... Uh, is that his only tight end? Old Reliable. It's the only one on his roster right now after he cut... Because <laughs> he had Dwayne Allen for a After he cut Dwayne Allen. I still don't get that. I mean, I think I think he's planning on drafting a tight end. I think that's the I think that's the goal here. But I mean, okay. it's speculation. We'll see. Right. Yeah, um, he had five top twenty-five wide receivers last year. On top of even if you're like, I know we talked a lot about his running backs. Like, obviously, you're going to want to be the top two guys. Like, blah blah blah. You know, I'm not counting Zeke, but like, if you have DJ and Bell. But I did not know yet. I didn't realize how good Landry and Edelman were last year. On top of Hilton and Thomas, and Larry. I mean, his elite, team just elite production. I mean, yeah. he averaged like 170 points a and had week no, and had no injuries. No injuries. And no injuries. And keep yeah. in mind, 170 points is a standard point five. And PPR I think he league. had three like top 12. I think he had three QB ones. Yeah. Like, just the whole year. I think all of them finished in the top 14 for our, you know, which would be a QB one for our league. I think he had three. It's pr- pretty clear he wasn't going to be ignored this year. Yeah. No. I mean, granted, he got rid of those two receivers like we talked about, and he also got rid of Kirk Cousins in a trade with me, too. Yeah, his team definitely will look a lot different this year. It will. But uh, to me, the thing that that remains constant is his running backs. Yeah. Like, I can't get over him having David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell on the same team. (laughs) Like, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah, number one and three. Only Zeke was in between them. And that's why he's, he's so high. Up in the power rankings. Yes. Well, we'll get to that. We will. We will. Hold, hold, slow down, Chad. You're trying to rush the podcast. Yeah, no, well, I think everyone knows that he's not going to be in this edition of power <laughs> rankings. That's true. We don't know. <laughs> You'll <laughs> never <laughs> guess who's at number 11. <laughs> you have footsteps, Falco. You'll have to stay 11. tuned after the interview with, uh, with Greg to find out. <laughs> uh, so our second team that we wanted to profile today uh, is our very own The Mad Chatter. Chad... I don't think there's a better person to go over your team than yourself. I wanted to catchphrase there so bad. Throw it in. No, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I already forgot it, and I don't want to remember it again. You think we need a new co-host? Are we, well, it's like a co-host. We probably could do it ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Maybe something right. to take it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Take it right. my feelings, guys. Um, so, Chad, go over your team, please. Um, well, you might know better because you have it in front of you. So. All right. That's fine. <laughs> go ahead and read I'm, I'm a little upset you don't have it memorized. But, I do, but you'll have it more fluently. Uh, so we'll go over. Quarterback, Tyrod, pretty average Taylor. Um, we're going to go... actually would be my QB1. And we're going to put down the, the back of the commission for not having an updated tracker. <laughs> well, no, I have, I have Kirk Cousins on the bench. Tyrod, uh, okay. Tyrod earned the starting spot. You don't mess up locker room chemistry. Tyrod is not starting You don't mess up locker room Especially chemistry. You don't do it. <laughs> Tyrod to Corey. Let's do it. Uh, so quarterbacks are Tyrod Taylor and Kirk Cousins. At wide receiver, we have Julian Edelman and Malcolm Mitchell rounding out the Patriots squad, as well as Kenny Very Average Stills and Jarvis Landry and Martavis Bryant. Running backs, we have Darren Sproles, Carlos Hyde, Kenny Dixon. At tight end, we have Zach Miller. Kicker, Cairo Santos. Houston D, <laughs> and then defense, Kiko Alonso and Ryan, your boy, Shazier. Mm-hmm. Chad, how, how are you feeling about your team this year? I love my team this year. Um, the only question marks for me, really, are tight end and probably my running back, too. I mean, Dixon has a lot of question marks around him, and Sproles is, like, 46 years old. <laughs> At least 46. Um, but... I think it makes sense to target both those needs in the draft. I have a first. I have an early second. So that'll probably be who I aim for um, come those picks. But, yeah, I mean, what a difference from last year. I think I, I went through and there was 11 people in Rosh's Lock last year that I don't currently have now. So I've made a lot of moves uh, since week 13 to now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I'm still middle of the pack. But, you know, I'll come with a full head of steam. Hopefully we uh, – we move our way into the playoffs again. I and mean, you never know with Martavis Bryant coming back, he could he could he could be a wide receiver one. It's very possible. He has the ability. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's a beast whenever he doesn't smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for him. A lot of people have tried to trade for him, but I know I sent that a couple offers. Yeah, Nick's tried to trade for him too, but um, to me, it's just like when I'm stashing a guy for a year on my team, it's hard for me to give him up, especially being a Steeler fan. That's so. very fair. Um, but yeah, 
overall, I'm very happy with where my team's at. We'll see if I hit on some picks in the draft, but I think I'll, I'll can at least compete this year. Awesome. Add any comment to make? I pretty much agree with what his question marks were. I was going to mention your possible RB2 situation, but like you said, tight end, RB2, or like flex, whatever you want to, you know, whatever that spot's going to be, you can easily address it in the draft. You have high enough picks. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I mean, I still think DeAndre Washington has potential. I, yeah, I love Bryant. I love that he held on him for this long. And then I agree, the more I looked at the trade as well, I can't forget you had Malcolm Mitchell. So while I didn't love you maybe overpaying for Edelman, you you could very well have his predecessor. And I mean, he looked great at the end of the year, Mitchell, before yeah. he got a little hurt. But even when he was, I mean... Yeah, I think he had six, seven catches in the Super Bowl, too. Yeah. So I think he's gained Tom Brady's trust. And then you got Kirk Cousins, who you have a nice, reliable uh, QB1 now, because we just went over an early week one matchup with you where your quarterback dropped seven points. So that's not going to happen with Kirk. <laughs> yep. And I could have, you know, if you had Kirk, you would have came in last place this year. So just one spot can make such a difference. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think I said earlier in the first episode that you rebuild very nicely and you have picks this year. I don't know what you have next year, but. You know, if you could do it this year, you could do it next year, too. So, Thoughts? So, I, I mean, like I said, I, I love it. But the one thing I did want to go is I, I was pretty harsh when I was reading your team names. So what I want to do is right now I've been I'm pretty open with my animosity towards your wide receiver, Kenny Stills. Okay. And how much I you, don't want you him. You hate Kenny Stills or something? I, I don't want Kenny Stills Kenny anywhere near my team. Kenny only 24 years old Stills. So that's what I was going to do. I was going to say, for the listeners, give me an argument. As to why Kenny Stills is a valuable asset. I know you tried to dish him at, at the deadline. No one wanted him. Tell, tell the league why they're going to regret it, Chad. Uh, I mean, I've already said. He, he's 24 years old. He's a 24-year-old free agent who had a breakout season last year. I mean, he came from the Saints. Goes to Miami. Has a better season than he does when he's on the Saints, I believe. I don't know for sure. But he's a stretch-the-field guy. I think I read today that he only has, like, 12 drops in his career, which is outrageous. And he's just a long touchdown guy. I think at the end of last year he had a touchdown in like five of the last six games or something like that. Unsustained. Um, nine's a lot. Nine's a lot of touchdowns. And I don't know why everyone's sleeping on this guy, but I think he's going to be a stud. I think people get a little scared of touchdown-dependent players. Absolutely. Um, you know, he had only 42 receptions for 726 yards. The yards is okay. The reception is a little low. Um you know, we talked about how once you like Landry, you have both those receivers now. But it's unlikely that they're going to resign Stills. I don't know. I have not seen at all any rumored teams to Stills. It's all the same. Titans, Eagles is a big one for him. Is it? Yeah. Well, Miami's also consistently said it's their, their top priority, quote-unquote, that they want to resign Stills. Oh, really? They do love him. I think he also wants $12 million, million a year, and Miami yeah, can't do that if they're going to sign Landry to a longer no. contract. Yeah. So, I mean... I'm guessing wherever you want Stills to go is wherever you, you know, Titans or Eagles. You already said you like the Titans more, so. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, best of luck to you, but. Uh, Thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I can't, I can't, I'm going to get a third for him from anybody. <laughs> he's definitely worth a third. Well, he's well, he's on your team now, so I hope he does well for you. And, you know, from, from the basement, there's no way you're going to be there this year, so. Yeah, you're only so. going the right direction. That leads us into our next section that we like to call Conversations with Kamish. I'm your host, Eric Von Dunn, and I'm joined here with uh, one of our league mates, the crazy Dutch bastard, Greg Muller. Greg, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm in a sketchy Scotland hotel on business, recording a Dynasty podcast at midnight, so things are looking up. I mean, that's dedication. That's, that's absolutely Excited dedication. part of the show. <laughs> We're excited to have you on too, especially our first uh, first international guest. It's, uh, it's pretty pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully the uh, dynasty community uh, receives me better than than uh, last week after the episode. Just <laughs> for about five minutes. We'll so. see. We'll see. So for for the <laughs> listeners out there that don't know Greg, um, Greg was actually our first league champion. Um, very good dynasty owner. Really knows his stuff. And that's why we're bringing him on here as, as kind of our combine expert. With the combine happening this weekend, we thought it was a very timely conversation to have. Um, so, Greg, to start it off, since you are our champion, I'll let you go on for a minute uh, about kind of about your team and uh, how it feels to win the championship. Um, how does it feel to win a championship? Um, I'm not sure if that could be described in words, especially uh, the way that I won 
championship. Why, why don't you uh, describe for our listeners how that happened? Because that was one of the most ridiculous fantasy matchups I've ever seen. Well, it came down to the final game of the week. Oh, maybe not. It was Sunday night. So, But the final uh, players that were available. And he had the Arizona Cardinals defense. And I was up. What was I up? Zero. I think we were tied, if I'm not mistaken. And all he needed was one point to beat me. <laughs> and um, I remember sitting in my bed. I was crushing wine. My girlfriend was here. I was like, this is going to be a miserable loss. And then Russell Wilson throws for one, two, three touchdowns. All right, they're at 20 points. Cardinals haven't done anything. No picks, no sacks, nothing. Then all of a sudden they get up to 35 points. And all they need, or they get up to 28 points, and all they need is one more score. And the defense drops a negative total. And then Russell Wilson runs a naked boot around. They were up about 20 points. It mattered. It didn't matter at all. And he runs a naked boot around to the bottom of the screen. And I remember he walked in untouched. And I remember just letting out a scream and waking up my whole house. Because I was pretty hammered. A scream, a scream of triumph. So, uh, <laughs> it was a scream of triumph because I realized that his defense dropped a negative to cost him the fantasy championship and to give me the first title in league history. So that was a pretty exciting experience. It's definitely an incredible be, story. De- devastating for Dooch, but incredible for you. So yeah, con- congrats I on mean, that title. There's, there's got to be one on the, the losing end of all great triumphs. Of course, so of course. I apologize to Dooch. He's, he's a great owner, and he's always in the playoffs, and a lot of times he gets to the uh, finals and into the money of various events. He just hasn't been able to take home championship yet. See, maybe that maybe this year. Um, but Greg, since since we do have you on, um, we definitely wanted to talk about the combine. Um, as as kind of our combine expert, uh, I know you put a lot of stock into it. Definitely helps out when you're into your rookie draft. Definitely gives you a competitive edge. What are some of the your favorite drills to watch for the running backs, tight ends, wide receivers to kind kind of let you know or who you want to take or who or who's going to be the best fit for the NFL? Okay. Well, for running backs and. Well, I think it depends on the type of player you're evaluating to. I like to use the drills to confirm or question the tape I watch. I'm a big tape guy. I watch a lot of tape on uh, draftbreakdown.com, and that's one of my go-to sources. You can see tape on all the players. So I watch a lot of that tape, and then you use the combine to confirm or maybe if something doesn't match up, like, you have to go back and rewatch the tape. Like, do I trust what I saw on tape, or is the combine telling me something? So for a back like McCaffrey, you you see his three cone, and that matches what you see on tape. He's just he's like a joystick out there. He's bouncing back and forth, and then he runs a six five seven, I think, in the three cone. <laughs> yeah. So that that supports what you see on tape. But then you see a guy like we'll get into it later, but I don't want to go into it too much. A guy like Cook, and you see he's looks explosive on tape, and his numbers don't really match up. So maybe you gotta go back and rewatch the tape. So for running back, I think three cone is key. For some tight ends, it's not a very popular opinion, but I think the bench press is key. And watching tape on them blocking, because that's gonna keep them on the field. You like a guy like Evan Ingram? He only does 19 reps, even though he runs a 4-4. He's going to have to be scheme-dependent, I think. Like, you, If he goes to the right scheme, he could produce crazy. But with only 19 reps on the bench, it's going to be tough for him to be an every-down tight end. Yeah, no, I, so, I, I absolutely agree with that, especially with tight ends. He's taking so long to develop. The earlier they get on the field, the better. And like I said, blocking yeah. is, is one of the best ways they're going to get on the field. And with another... Um, for the big guys, I'm not really looking at like the 40 time, like Mike Williams and Joku, guys like that. Uh, they they run a f- as long as they don't completely blow up the 40 and run like a five flat, or for like for a tight end a five flat, for a receiver like a four seven. As long as they're not doing that, those guys aren't guys that I'm thinking are going to separate and win with separation. They're winning with their size and body and things like that so I'm not like oh this guy runs up I think in Joker what he run 464 and everyone other tight ends were breaking the combine basically <laughs> yes uh, so 
I'm not really worried about Njoku running a four six four compared to the other guys, because he's a guy that's going to be in the red zone. He's going to be out jumping everyone. He's going to be doing things like that. So, I think different types of players have different drills that you will look at. I'll say. I agree. And then uh, last last item, if if you're looking at a big X X starter wide receiver, what's what's the drill that you're looking at? Excuse me, a big X like a a big uh, a big number one wide receiver. Well, so, Mike, you, you want to see them. I think a lot of that is tape. You want to see the ability to separate. Okay. Right, so you're looking at the tape, the combine. If if it's a guy like John Ross, you want to see if the speed matches the tape. If it's a guy like Mike Williams, you want to see if he's jumping and winning one-on-ones and his hand size. Is he going to be able to win those contested balls? Things along those lines. No, that's, that's a so great, it's different, great point. It's, it's a lot of measurables and then does he run fast enough to not pull a treadwell, basically? <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. Don't don't so, call out treadwell yet. He's only 20 years old. Six. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, that's that's awesome insight. We definitely appreciate that. Um, so basically, based on everything that you've watched this weekend, because I know you definitely definitely did your research, definitely watched the combine, who are your three biggest risers? Um, could be any three. doesn't have to be a specific position, but who do, who do you think really improved their stock through the combine? Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and skip the running back position because I don't think anyone really jumped off the page as helping their stock at the running back position Okay. to me. So, yeah, I have two receivers down. I have uh, – first, I'll go Zay Jones. Ooh. He is a guy that at ECU, he went to the senior bowl, and all the reports I saw were that he lit it up. He was clearly the best receiver there. I think Cooper Cup was another guy mentioned in the same sense as him, but he didn't really show up to the combine. Um, Zay Jones though comes in and runs a four four six, I believe, yeah, off the top yes. of my head here. That number was I was expecting four five six. So he comes in, runs a four four six. You see on t- he had a twenty two catch game at ECU this year. He's got very good separation skills and he's very good at winning in the routes. And then all of a sudden you see he's got the long speed. He can go over the top now. I think he might jump into the first round of NFL draft conversations. I think I saw him mocked by McShay in the late first, maybe a month ago, and then he kind of cooled off a little bit after the senior bowl. I think he could slip back into the first round after that, showing at the combine. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that. That was the, one of my concerns was, is he going to be another Justin Hardy? Just another highly productive guy yeah. uh, out of college. But then, yeah, that 40 time definitely puts him in that conversation. I, I think agree. the 4-4-6 jumps off the page as, uh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. That could fault him. I don't think anyone was expecting that, unless, unless you're very close. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, think I, anyone I think was. Guys, who was the analyst of the combine? His name is slipping, not Rich Eisen. One of the, it might have been Rich Eisen, but he was like, oh, no, Mike May- Mayock. Mayock. Yep. He was like, wow, I was... That he was even shocked. He was like, "I did not see that coming." So I think that was uh, everybody. Yeah. And then my uh, number two receiver that I have down here is uh, Chris Godwin, Penn State. Okay. He, uh, I don't. Um, his gauntlet was one of the smoothest gauntlets I've seen. He did not. I don't think he left the the line of scrimmage. Well, I don't know what they call it just the 20 yard line we'll say they run on okay. I don't think he left the, the uh, he didn't drift there was no drifting all hand catches it was flawless and then his speed score comes out in the 110 range I believe One oh one. I got him at 109.52 on my calculations of speed oh, wow. score I actually didn't even know that yeah so yeah I just this is I found that calculation online made a little excel for a bunch of guys I liked and see their speed, different speed scores but 100 for I don't know if people know 100 average. So 110, he's getting above average in the speed score now. His gauntlet drill was immaculate. He had great production in the second half of the season at Penn State. So I mean, he I think the only negative I had was he had small hands. Can he win contested catches? So I'll have to watch more tape on that. See if he can win the contested catches. But that's just something I'll go back and look at tape. But. Every, he checked all the other boxes for me. Where he goes in our draft, I think he, landing spot's going to play key role. Maybe he could sneak into the late first now after the Ooh, combine. Oh, wow. You're yeah. thinking that high? Not in the NFL draft. Yeah, in our, our rookie draft. Yeah. Day two guy at best in the NFL draft. But in our draft, I think 
in the right landing spot, he could sneak into the the late first. Um, I mean, I think the hype's gonna come in on him after how good he looked in the combine. You know, that's a, I, I honestly thought he was gonna be a late second guy, but I mean, that's that's ended. Like, we'll see at his pro day and whatnot. And uh... yeah, see where he goes in the NFL draft. I think draft pedigree plays a lot into it too. Yes, it no- normally does. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so who's uh, who's your last riser? Uh, um, really I'm going to go to tight end for the last one. And although I was talking about some of his weaknesses before, Evan Ingram running a four four two as a tight end yeah, that's absurd. is preposterous. <laughs> he's running – Katie Cannon, I think, ran a four four one, And he's like a speed receiver. He also, he also weighs 160 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So Evan Ingram comes in and runs a four four two. His speed score is 122.6. Wow. That's, I think, I, I think, I don't know if it's a combine record, but Keith Marshall was like 127, and that, that might be the combine record. So 122, You, if he goes to a scheme, like the Patriots, for example, where he doesn't have to play in line, Gronk's going to play in line, and he could play like a split end. Yeah. Who, what are you going to do? You're going to put a linebacker on him, he's going to run right by him. You're going to put a safety on him, he's going to jump over him. You're going to put a corner on him, he's going to body him up. He's a matchup nightmare if he gets in the right scheme. He's definitely going to be a little, like, landing spot's going to be key. If he goes to the, sorry sorry to do this, but like the Browns, something like that, I maybe he falls for me again. I don't know, two, two, two tight end Patriot sets, Seth the Valve and Evan Ingram. Sign me up. Sign <laughs> me up. Elite what are you going to do with Elite that's, that's the tutelage we need. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, the fact that he's showing plus wide receiver speed, I think, is ridiculous. You can do a lot of things with him. And if you get a good OC that can move him around the formation, get him in favorable matchups... I think he could do some damage. And I think we could see two tight ends in the first round of our rookie draft. So now, do you, in your opinion, do you see Evan Ingram as the best tight end off the board? Well, I'm notoriously low on O.J. Howard. Okay. But I do like Njoku. Or Joku. I'm not, I'm not honestly sure. How I, yeah, I've, I've honestly heard both pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So... David Joku, I'm high on. So he, if he goes to a team like the Bucks or something in the first round, maybe him because they only really have one target. But uh, um, I think draft position will determine how, who the number one tight end is. But he definitely had the best combine for a tight end. Okay, hey, I would I would definitely agree with that. I'll say that. Um, so now that we've gone through the positives, uh, who are some of your glaring negatives? Who are guys that uh, have kind of plummeted down your board? Well, I. I'm not gonna call it a plummet, but Dalvin Cook, what, what happened? But it just doesn't, doesn't add up. He looks on tape explosive, quick. Comes in, he runs the same three cone as Sam Rogers, the fullback from Virginia Tech, seven two seven. You mean Sa- so Sammy Sammy Lee Rogers for our Tech listeners? And Dalvin Cook running the same three cone times. Now those aren't televised, so I'm like, did, did he fall? Like what? Seven two seven. I think he was worse than Pirine. Pirine was a seven two six, I believe. Yeah, that, honestly, so it just sounds like a choke. Yeah. It just doesn't make really any sense to me how this. And then he runs a four. He basically runs the same time as Fournette. Yeah, so, that, that was that was surprising 30, to me as well. He's thirty pounds lighter, so that doesn't make sense. I mean, he's his tape looks great, and then oh what. His gauntlet too. He's a little drifting, and he he looks like he's fighting the ball, catching it. He has a drop. He's fighting the ball. It it just looked like I I couldn't even explain it. If you would have told me he would have had this kind of combine, I would have been like, that's that's not possible. Uh, his size to put up the numbers he did. I think his speed score is coming in at one hundred three. I have wow. so he's like an average athlete so he's an average athlete at what six foot or what, like what, what 5'11 yeah he's, I think he's 5'11 210 he's not he's not gonna do much 
No, I, I, I'd honestly agree with that. It's it's really going to come back back to his combine. I I, I want to just chalk this up. <laughs> I love I love watching Cook play. He's just so much fun yeah, to watch. It's it's got to be a choke. He chokes. Doesn't make sense. No, it, uh, he has me flustered. I'm gonna have to go back and probably watch every game of his and be like, <laughs> what 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 am I not seeing? So you have a couple like, of hours of tape ahead of you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When I get back to uh, Holland and off this business trip, I'll be uh, glued to the tape. <laughs> so who uh, who are two other guys that uh, that have fallen down your board? I have Alvin Kamara here. Okay. Now his speed score coming in at ninety eight, so he's a below average athlete. Ew. But he, and he's in here telling us he's going to run in the four fours, saying all this stuff before the draft, uh, before the combine, and then he runs in the four fives. Four five six, I think it was four five four. God, like you can't, you can't be his size running that. Like he weighed in okay, not as big as I thought. Yeah, he said he was gonna be in the two twenties, like two fifteen. So he's not tiny, but he's not big. And can he be a three down back at that size at that speed? And probably not. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it. And he never, he's never been a three down back before. He had a couple of games where he was a three-down back at Tennant. Never really showed much. I, I honestly I thought he—I thought he looked pretty good hitting the holes. He looked like he could get her out the yeah, outside, I, out of the middle. I—I I see him as a passing down roll, yes, but I can't see him in a three-down roll. No, I, I agree with you there. That's why you have the big back like Jalen Hurd yeah, or, or something like that to compliment some him. Explosions, things like that, but I can't see him in a every-down back roll like he was. Like people were. We're talking about him in the first round of the NFL draft. He goes in the first round of the NFL draft. That is not a good pick, in my opinion. That's a that's a Cleveland Browns move at twelve. <laughs> if he goes at twelve, he has some serious problems. <laughs> An- analytics, <laughs> baby. Serious problems A- analytics. Thirties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who's uh, who's who's Man. your last guy? My last guy. Honestly, I think he had the worst combine. <laughs> out of anyone and it's not even time Carlos Henderson <laughs> okay I was watching his he runs a 4-4 4-4-6 I believe so I was like oh okay that's not bad so that got his speed score just above average like 100.6 he had the worst gauntlet in the history of gauntlets I think D Lyman run the gauntlet better <laughs> he was drifting a full yard off the line letting I think every single ball got into his body and he had two drops in the gauntlet you only get five passes he had two drops and the last one he double caught near the sideline so he caught it and then bobbled it and then caught it and then took off it was I mean I'm gonna have to go watch tape because I saw people like oh he's gonna jump into the first round maybe eight 1.08 dynasty drafts this guy's gonna rise after after, after the like combine, in college, I oh, don't okay. even want. I'm not even gonna look at him at, Louis, at a Louisiana Tech. That's a air raid offense, probably manufacturing yardage form with scheme. If he's body catching like that, I want nothing to do with him. I wouldn't take him two point away. I I, 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 I agree with that. Is. I think he's got bus city written all over him. Yeah. So he's also my least favorite guy. Coming out of the combine, I really out of out of ever ever out of everyone in the combine, you rate him the lowest. Well, not the worst player. There's some, there were some pretty <laughs> awful players at the combine, like people that I'm not going to name here. But out of the, like the people that were in conversation for first round rookie draft, maybe he's okay. he's the worst. He's the he's definitely the he definitely showed the worst to me. So then, Just where forty time. Barring barring something else, he goes to like an average situation. Where where would you where would your line be for Carlos Henderson, if if you're taking him in a rookie in a rookie in a rookie draft? He goes to, what does he go to be like the number three receiver somewhere? I'm yeah, just a, a, like a, a solid situation. Let's say he goes to the Chargers, I mean, he gets gonna, some run. He's gonna go before I'm willing to get him, so I won't have any shares of him. I'm pretty positive. Okay. Uh, I'll say maybe third round rookie right. draft in a fourteen team like 30 overall okay maybe take a flyer because at that point you're just taking flyers yeah of course but even though normally I don't love taking receivers that late because usually if they're that late they're that late for a reason <laughs> you don't really hit much value there but I I try to trade out before I drafted Henderson honestly 
Okay. That's just me. So now, who is who is your top guy out of the combine? Who's the guy just you fell in love with? Um, you really want to draft? I mean, I've been in love with him. I think it, not everyone has, but I've been in love with him for a while. Leonard, Leonard Ford, that's my guy. He's my no, one guy that left, left the combine. He's just he came in, weighed in at two forty. Everyone freaked out. Oh my god! Like, why is he so heavy? Oh, he's too big. He can't carry that weight. Then he jumps. Like people care about his vertical, like what's that's gonna be dunking? Jumps like twenty eight and a half. Oh, oh, he's is he one oh three? Are people jumping ahead of him? And then he comes out and runs a four five one at two hundred forty pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's and a he's a monster. Like, we can say that. I think he's six foot two forty or six foot and a half two forty. I think Cam Chancellor's like six three two twenty five. <laughs> so. Uh, he's probably the biggest, not the biggest D back, but size, um, ability combination. Cam Chancellor's probably number one. I mean, I'm I'm really excited to see now. Now I'm thinking about. It, I'm really excited to see, to see that collision. Yeah. Coming through a hole untouched at 240 pounds, running a four five. If if he gets to the second level, I think it's over. He's just going to run through people. <laughs> Anyone stick out an arm tackle? He's not. He does. You can't draft him. I think Carolina is a bad spot for him. Why is that? If we're being honest, I don't want him in a shotgun uh, run offense. Okay. I think Cook fits better there. So well, where? What, what's your ideal? What's your ideal landing spot for Fournette then? Ideal? I I people are hating it, but I don't hate the Jets. Forte's old, and he still put up numbers. And Fournette's an underrated pass catcher. I think he looked better than Cook in the and uh, pass catching drills. Yeah, I honestly don't really remember him getting much of an opportunity to catch the ball at LSU, to be honest. LSU doesn't throw to Yeah, back, they really so don't. Like, they don't really throw at all. Wise, he wasn't. He wasn't too bad no, compared a, to historical market. I, that's a fair I think, point. I uh, think UTH has something that shows that, and uh, he wasn't too bad in relation to that. All right. But. If you get him behind a fullback and just turn around, hand him the ball twenty times a game, maybe give him two catches a game and like a screen and like a little check down the flats, because you get him in open space with a head of steam. Yeah, good luck. Get him out there in a screen and just get a head of steam going at some poor corner. The guy's got no shot. All right, Greg. Well, we're we're basically out of time. But any any last words you want to throw out there? Make yourself look like a genius in the future. Got anything for us? Um, I'm gonna win the league. So there's your uh, psychic vision. <laughs> Bold words, man. Well, uh, th- thanks again for coming on. Really Shout do appreciate it. Especially since it's uh, it's midnight over there, so that really shows the dedication. Yeah. <laughs> Creeping up just past twelve thirty here in, uh, oh, in the morning. I'm gonna go ahead and hit the hotel sheets here in a minute. Well, uh, we appreciate it, man. Thanks again, and uh, have a good one. Right. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Greg Muller, the crazy Dutch bastard, for coming out to the show and providing the combine insight. How is that man? I haven't spoke to him in a while. He was he was great, doing better than ever. I mean, he hasn't slept in maybe six months, something like that. But well, as we stated in the last episode, sleep is for the weak. I guess that's why he won the championship. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> the only thing that makes sense. Um, but that being said, like we said, championships are really the reason we play. So one thing we really wanted to do was go over a power ranking of the league. And I know everyone who is currently in the league is going to be very excited for this portion. Um, I'm equally excited, and I'm currently in one of these bottom phases of the team. <laughs> Feelings will be hurt. Feelings will be hurt. People will be angry. But you know what? Hopefully it lights a fire. Hopefully. You know? Yeah, Hopefully I mean, it lights a fire. We love drama. So, so what we're going to do, we're going to do the bottom four teams today. Next episode will be the next four, and then we'll wrap it up with the six playoff teams that... You know, that we went over and thought these teams are going to be the top six and have a chance to be our next champion. So, on the tied for 13th, we have recurring team from the first episode, Itzler, is tied for last place. Um, I think we just went over. He has some talent that has the potential to be good. I just am not a believer in really any of his players. Um, I don't think Crabtree is going to keep up the same production. I don't think Tyree Hill is going to be any good. Just to name a few. 
Um, and he has no picks this year, so he can't make himself any better. That was yeah. my main deciding point between uh, having him in last. Does anyone... Well, like like you said last episode, him trading for uh, Jonathan Stewart and Marvin Jones was to avoid last place, but I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, his his running backs are really shaky. I don't I don't know if he just thinks Booker can emerge and Martin will go somewhere where he has a role, but... But Booker had a shot to emerge this year and he didn't do it. I agree. That's I had him in last, um, as well as Chad. Eric had him a little bit higher, but you know when it came to the average, he was tied for last, which with the next team, which may surprise some people, is Josh Maddock. Yes. I uh, I was one of the people that actually... I, I was a little bit higher on Itzler's team. I think he's got some pieces that... That that could help him win some games. To be completely honest, I'm I'm not as low as Booker uh, on Booker as you guys are. Um, give him the, give him the rookie year. Um, but Josh's team, I, I I did have ranked in last place. And I think it's just be, just because the lack of depth at running back is is really the the glaring need. Um, like we we said before, Frank Gore is essentially 34 years old. He really cannot keep going at this pace for much longer. And then he doesn't really have a true number one back. I know I know there's it's a dying breed in the NFL, but you're still want a guy who's who's got the opportunity to be a three down back and Duke Johnson's not that guy neither is Gio Bernard they're always going to split they're always going to be a compliment they have value in PPR but they're not going to win you the championship they're not going to really win you those games uh, that being said Demarius Thomas also is on his way out Kenny Britt was had some productive seasons but I like Britt he's more of a flex guy though as opposed to a wide receiver oh too. I know but you know him and him and Duke Johnson have their their purposes for dynasty, but not as not as, as a high, centerpiece. Yeah, as, not a, as a centerpiece. As a side. Also, Britt's rumored to be on the move too. So depending where he goes. So for me, more I, less value. Oh, sorry. Uh, for me, I had Josh as one peg higher above Itzler just because he does have a lot of picks this year. So he has a chance to, you know, get rid of even more dead weight in his veterans and add some young talent with all the second round picks and the mid first round pick he has. Um, so those two teams are tied for last. So if you two are listening, step it up. <laughs> I mean, I know I got to spoke to, uh, to Andrew uh, a couple times as, as I work with him. He, he's got the fire lit. He, he's ready to go. I, I've seen his ability in some other leagues. I, I think he's going to turn around. And I he's, think this can fire up he's uh, Josh a little bit. I will say, if Romo goes to Denver, I would move him up a little bit just because of the Thomas value. But that's, that's, to, right. that's to be seen. Uh, coming in number 12 is our very own commission host of the podcast, Eric Von Dunn. Well, what do you say? It would be tied, <laughs> tied, tied for my best finish ever. <laughs> um, I had you at 11, so pretty close to where this is. Um, I think 11 is still fair, considering how your team is. It's very young, very raw. It could be better. You could also be... You're not going to come in last, but we, you know, we spoke about your team a little bit in the first episode. Um, you're. I think you're just heading the right direction. You need a year or two more to really be a playoff team. It's not a knock on you. It's just you were awful, and now you're not as awful. So yeah, I mean, and you also have, at least you have picks. Like that's the difference between a team like Itzler who has. I don't even know if he has a 2018 first. I know he doesn't have 2019. So uh, if he doesn't have a 2018, no, he, he. I know he doesn't have his 2018 first. So he has no first in the next three years. His. He, Oh, no, no, no. He has Kojak's first next year. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah, okay. he has Kojak's first. Okay. But we made these looking at just what they have now and what they can do in 2017 draft. And Itzler has a fourth and a fifth. So even when he does get the pick, it's very late. And he's not going to get it. Those are going to be veterans or really deep rookie reaches. So yeah, I think he's in a bit of a hole. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. But this is all about him. Out. It's about Eric. This is about Eric. <laughs> Sorry to go back to Itzler. We said... We said we, we just that. love talking about Itzler. That's it. It's bad. We said last episode about you that you've rebuilt very fast and very well. And um, you've kind of itched the, the scratch that is the trade bug. So Yeah. Hopefully you don't, you know, you're trading decently, but don't, as, a, as the real draft gets closer, I'm, I'm a little worrisome that you might blow, blow some trades up. Your stock's on the rise. I think everyone sees that. Everyone realizes that. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. Um, so, Ad, who who's the, the last guy on the list that's going to round out our power rankings for today? So, the last power ranking, which will... The first three were considerably close between us three. Where we had him ranked, it was only a difference of one or two. Uh, at number 11 is Tiz. So, me and Chad had him at 12, while Eric ranked him at 8th. 
So uh, Tiz has been near the bottom every year. Pretty much, I think, the worst team in the league tied with you for average finish for the last three years. So he's got some you know, some first this year, but I still don't love his roster. But Eric, you're you have him near a playoff team. I'm I'm guessing, you know, a win or two or a schedule away from possibly being in the playoffs. So defend trainer. Absolutely. Um I, I do like what Trainer has done with his team. Like I said, he was he did have a struggling team to start, um, as as a lot of us have. But I think he's done a good job of rebuilding, and not to mention he has three firsts in this class as well. High firsts. Uh, pick four, pick six, pick seven. So he's going to get, even if he only hits on one of those guys, he's going to get a quality centerpiece to his team. Uh, he also has some good guys at receiver. Um, Tyler Lockett, who's kind of had an injury-ridden season last year, didn't. I don't think he played at all. Maybe played one game, two games for Not the sure. Seahawks. But he's he's a great young wide receiver. Runs great routes. Very good. He's, I think he's going to be perfect in that Seattle I feel offense. like every week it was like, Lockett, this is his game to be involved. He's going to be involved yeah. more. And he just never got involved. He's a boomer bust guy to me. I, I think he's I think he's going to emerge as a very strong receiver. Um, Stephon Diggs already has emerged as a very strong receiver um, in that Minnesota offense. He has a lot of young potential running backs. Amir Abdullah can catch passes. He's good in the PPR game. Uh, Devontae Adams, young up-and-coming receiver, really showed well at the end of the year. Uh, Derrick Henry, I think, is going to get more of the lion's share of the carry this year as they kind of phase DeMarco out. I'm not saying DeMarco's not going to have a productive season. I just think they're going to start to... Sh- shift more of the carries towards Henry. Um, I, I think he's got a good team. He's got the pieces, and we'll see how he hits on the picks. But that's that's really why I put him at eight. That's fair with the first-round picks. That was kind of make or break for some of mine, too. That was too. good defense you gave him right there. Yeah. I don't know if he's eight. Got your back, Tiz. But I, I'm looking at my ranking now. Maybe he is better than you. And I had you at 11. I had, I had Me and Chad both had you one spot above Tiz. Um, so I look forward to seeing how the, the actual regular season plays out. To, to me, it's the picks. I think you and you and uh, Tiz are, are fairly even. Um, but the picks do it for me. Him having three high firsts is... Uh, so you change your mind? You're putting Tiz above Eric now? Um, no, I still have Eric above Tiz, I think. Okay. I don't know. It's it, close. It is it's close. close to me. Yeah, it, it was a lot harder making these rankings than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um... But yeah, those are the top, the bottom, well, the top four, but the, the first four, 14 through 11, and we'll finish out the rest of the non-playoff teams next week. Yeah, to recap, tied for last, we had Isler and Josh. In 12th, we had Eric. In 11th, we had Tiz. So there you go. That's the bottom four. <laughs> Hopefully we can all improve uh, and beat expectations. To be fair, I think all the teams have talent. It's just there's a lot of good teams. Yeah. And a lot of... There is. A lot of potential. Uh, so now to end up our show. I know we never want to end the show. Love talking fantasy football. Honestly, I could sit here for six more hours and, and rattle some stats off. Um, but let's go over our sleepers of the week. Uh, we did this last week for players in the Combine. This week, uh, as we stated earlier in the show, we cut um, five or six players at the end of our bench. So we keep our starters and four bench players of our choosing. And then we cut the remaining players. They go into the free agent draft pool that we do every summer. Um, this week, we're going to go over the sleepers of that free agent draft pool. Um, anyone in particular want to start? Sure, I'll go first. All right, Chad, it's all yours, man. I'll keep it short and sweet. I know that this is a, um, a loaded tight end class, but my sleeper is actually a tight end. It's Austin Hooper. Um, I think he's going to have a breakout season this year in Atlanta's high-powered offense. Um, he is only 22 years old still. As we all know, tight ends take a little while to develop. In the NFL, um, last year, 270 yards, three touchdowns. He had a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, an interesting stat that I didn't realize till today. He had the most targets in the Super Bowl as well, really? which was um, interesting to me. Jacob Tammy and their other uh, tight end, Tololo, their contracts are up, so they're probably gone. He's going to be the standalone wide receiver one in Atlanta, and if we know anything about tight ends in Atlanta, they are usually great i.e. Tony, Tony Gonzalez. So, uh, Austin Hooper's my guy. We'll see what he does next year. But um, he, he's my uh, he's my sleeper. I like it. I took him in the third round last year, but didn't hold on to him. Uh, my sleeper is going to be Robbie Anderson, wide receiver for the Jets. Uh, with We talked about uh, Marshall's departure. I've also seen rumors of Decker not being re-signed, and he's, he's also aging. Uh, it's basically who's going to play quarterback for them. 
I mean, he didn't have much of a beginning of the year, and then once Bryce Petty got there, I mean, he had, like, double-digit targets, it seemed like, every game. Whether or not, I mean, he had some high fantasy games, but it was just, I love targets. Even if you're not, catch, like, if you're just involved, you have the potential to be an impact in fantasy. And he's super young. What is he? He's 23, 6'3". I mean, I just, I mean, he looked super fast when he was playing, too. I think he had, like, the cool, like, green cleats or whatever, the neon socks he was wearing yeah, in the one game, his fun. breakout game. So I, I like that. I mean, for if we're talking just young talent, if, if those two other guys leave, he'll be the de facto wide receiver one. I think he's, I could be targeting him early second round, potentially. So mm-hmm. that'd be my sleeper. Mine is also a tight end as well. Like we said, I know it's a loaded tight end class, but all that's going to do is push this guy later down the board. I can grab him maybe in the fifth round, maybe even undrafted free agent, which would be great for me. And uh, My guy's Tyler Higby. Uh, Tyler Higby had a lot of noise coming out of college last year. Drawn a lot of comparisons to Travis Kelsey. Unfortunately, he had the the domestic abuse issue, or, or not domestic abuse, fight issue. Sorry, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But a uh, <laughs> fight issue where he got into a fight at a bar. Um, kind of threw up some red flags about his character. But he's got all the physical tools. He's a monster. It's 6'5", 233. Natural pass catcher. Um, catches the ball with his hands, which is something always you want. And he's in a young offense. Young quarterbacks love that safety net tight end, and I think this is the year that Jared Goff is going to finally use that safety net um, and and throw the ball to Tyler Higby. So that's that's my sleeper. I think I'm going to get him in the fifth, fifth round. I held on to him for the most of last year. and uh, I think I'll be there for you. I hope so. Yeah. Excited when he's going to be a tight end one. I don't on him as you are. When he's a tight end one, we're going to play I this back. Right. And this is this will be the clip that I sent to you. I hope we're all right. Yeah. I hope we're all right. Okay. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening and get excited for next week. Um, as always, we're going to be doing some exciting things. I don't want to give too much away, but we'll do our we'll do our power rankings, uh, the next four teams. Um, possible mock draft. Are we doing that next week, guys? Mm, I think we might. It might be time. I, I'm ready for a mock draft. We'll you want the mock draft. I, I, I want the mock draft. I don't know draft. if it's time, but maybe. Maybe a way too early mock draft. We'll I, see. I think I can be convinced. Ooh. We'll see. I'll All do right. some convincing. <laughs> um, no, is Chad, uh, leader of our Twitter. What's our Twitter handle? It's at Elite Dynasty 69 I'm actually not the leader. It's uh, Tay. Yeah, oh, my Tay. apologies. I always forget that. Yeah, you might you might not know her, uh, but she's, she's lovely. And uh, yeah, go there for all, your, for all your news, trades, and everything else. That being said, everyone thanks again for listening. Have a great night. See ya. Peace.